How's tricks? It's episode six. Today I'm going to continue on again slightly from yesterday, uh, where I mentioned friendship. Um, I mentioned how I'd made a new friend in in Ivor, and uh, hopefully, in, in, and presumably, in Anthony, who rejoins me uh, this evening, and hopefully, you know, many more to come. But in relation to friends that I that I've had for a while, and and even new friends, like here, here's one for you. And, and the reason that it's it's sprung to mind is it's what it's just six o'clock in the morning now, and I'm just after finishing an hour and a half long jujitsu rolling. Set. Um, yeah, so he met me down here at half four in the morning, before we both went to work to our respective jobs, and I wouldn't be down here at half four in the morning doing jujitsu without cheap partly because it's not a like you kind of have to do it in pairs so you can't really do it by yourself so that's obviously partly the reason but another more important part is that if i didn't turn up he would have been here at half four in the morning and i would have been the biggest bollocks in the world leaving him hanging basically having had him get up for fucking nothing effectively and vice versa if i rocked up here at half four and he wasn't there he would have made a bollocks out of me so there's an element of kind of giving each other a dig out, which I think is is necessary because there's, there's days I don't want to fucking meet him down here and do jiu-jitsu because I'm too tired and I'm too sore and maybe I'm just not in the fucking humour. And I'm sure he is the fucking same feelings as we all do. So it, it's so important to have to have friends around you. And again, like, like I know Sheep a long time, but he's my brother's mate, really. Like myself and Sheep have only been doing this rolling once a week for the last, you know, four or five weeks. But progressively we're becoming better friends all the time and your friends if they're not like-minded people they fucking should be now they shouldn't be the same as you like sheep is very different to me and i as i am to him but there's there's plenty of a crossover there that that, that makes it work and the, to give another example there's another mate and past guest and friend of the show desmond Seepersad. myself and des go swimming once a week and again, I no more want to fucking jump into a freezing cold fucking lake once a week and, you know, in inverted commas, swim around for fucking ten minutes. Swim, a.k.a. not drown. I, I, I don't really want to do that. It's, it's not particularly enjoyable. I enjoy having done it. In, in a sense, it's kind of like a workout, even though it's not that physically taxing. It's mentally taxing. It's a, it's a mental workout. But there's no fucking way I'd be jumping in and out of a different lake every week on my toga. You need you need someone to almost to not to let down, but to not let down. And that's in part at least the utility of friends. It's 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 how we it's how we push ourselves, I suppose. It's it's and again incremental steps, it's it's once a week. Like I'm I'm teaching uh I'm teaching David a bit of jiu-jitsu like he, he was an absolute beginner having never done it before a month ago and now he'd annihilate himself on his first day absolutely tear him to fucking pieces like he's just a completely different fucking animal now he's still pretty shit because he's only done it you know four or five times and if you think that you're going to get proficient at anything by you know trying it with a friend of yours once a week for you know four or five weeks fucking forget about it you'll get a good grounding in it if the person teaching you isn't an egotistical maniac and isn't just tapping you all the time and is actually genuinely trying to encourage you to learn and again that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu the better you can make your training partners the better you become yourself the the, the saying as the saying goes in martial arts generally 
you know, steels sharpen steel. So you, you need a bit, of, you need a, and again, like the podcast, you need somebody to hit the ball back to you. There's only so much that you can do by yourself. And realistically, like going through life by yourself, that's a fucking recipe for depression and, and all the other horribleness that comes along with depression. You, like your friends are a lifeline, or at least they should be. But I think too many people, including myself in years past, view your friends as people to do enjoyable things with. You know, to go out with the weekend with, or to have the crack with, or to, you know, send jokes back and forth via text message. And look, I'm not saying you shouldn't have fun with your friends, you absolutely should. But it's just so important to have friends that that challenge you, physically and mentally. Like, there's there's David now, he's, he's in pretty good fucking shape. Boxing is his, is his, is his bag, it's his shtick. And we've done a bit of, um a bit of pad work and hopefully we'll progress to a bit of sparring and maybe join the two and have a have almost like a, a friendly MMA sparring session where it start where it starts standing on the feet, you know, nothing we're not gonna try and kill each other. We wanna be able to do it, you know, maybe maybe up it to twice a week, hopefully. We only discussed that this morning. But again, you know, he's kinda half thinking about it and I'm kinda half thinking about it. But between the two of us we fucking do it like. So he's teaching me the bit of boxing. I'm teaching him a bit of the jiu-jitsu. And does that, does that back and forth, does that give and take? And, and, and that's what it's all about. It's just so fucking important. So maybe, maybe, maybe ask yourself, you know, who are your friends? Maybe ask yourself, have you got any? Like, and, and know the difference. Like, there's, there's people you work with. There's your family. There's people, let's say, that you, you play football with or whatever it is. And then there's people that you've been kind of hanging around with, maybe since school, maybe since childhood, maybe, you know, in the, for the last number of years or whatever else. But are, are they your friends or are they, you know, acquaintances? And no, I know the difference. Put it this way, when I, was, when I was 20, if you had asked me how many good friends that I would have had, I would have said, oh, fuck God, uh, look, I don't know, call it 20. And ahead of this recording I haven't really thought about it but off the top of my head you know it's not 20 it's you know I, I, I would consider myself very fortunate insofar that I have you know three or four so I, I'm blessed to have three or four and you're fucking blessed if you won because you're if your friends aren't you know a, a lifeline like if, if they're not if they're not progressing you towards a better version of yourself and you them what are they now that if they're not that, it doesn't mean that they're it, they're something negative. It doesn't mean that they're something bad or something that you could get rid of. But just try and I suppose try and quantify who they are and what they are and what they do for you. And if you have no one in your life that's kind of pushing you or helping you excel in some form or at the very least challenging you, maybe address that because. Life's too fucking difficult to go it alone. And you can have all, you know, the acquaintances and pals and, you know, colleagues and teammates. You can have all, you can have all, all of those things and have them in spades. But if you don't have a friend or ideally friends, actual friends, actual people that want to see you do well and will do whatever they can to aid in your own betterment and are hopeful that you will do likely to them. If you don't have those people, that's something that you need to address because life is too fucking difficult to go it alone.
So in keeping with with people who motivate you and keep you going, I want to move on, I suppose, to motivation itself. Now, again, in a perfect world, I'd sit down and I'd plan this out and map it out and, and give it to you succinctly and in a way that everyone would really understand it and get it and you'd be motivated maximally for the rest of your fucking life. But that's not going to happen, so I'm just going to spitball and see if I can get out the, the sentiment of, of what I'm trying to explain. This is the work of uh, a scientist or psychologist called uh, Yak Pansep, I think is his name. Fuck knows how you spell that. But he basically discovered the play circuit in the mammal brain. So it's widely accepted and well known that mammals engage in what we humans would call play. So if you've ever seen a nature program of you know baby foxes or lion cubs or even bear cubs... They, they play. It's, it's, it's obvious that they, they play. They, they, they almost wrestle, in a sense. And rats do that. So rats have been observed in the lab playing away. And they, they wrestle. And what Yak Pansep discovered, amongst other things, was that a rat will work to get the opportunity to enter an arena whereby he knows play will take place. So they will, they will work again, a kind of a, a, a human-esque thought that, that you would actually do something to achieve something else. But rats will do that. So rats are motivated to play. But the thing about rats playing is if a rat, I think it's, it has a 10%, if a rat has a 10% weight advantage over another rat, it means that he'll win, you know, nine times out of 10. He just has that significant weight advantage to pin his opponent. And the way rats wrestle, apparently, is that, very similar to where humans wrestle. They try and get into a dominant position and pin the rat's you know, shoulders, for want of a better word, to the, to the mat, to the ground. And that's a, you know, a victory. And they, they reset. But if you put a rat that has, let's say, if, let's say, call it a 15% difference in weight. So they're 15% heavier. Which means that they're just going to win all the time. What will happen is, if that rat wins all the time, the smaller rat, who is usually the rat to instigate the play... It's usually the smaller guy. If he keeps getting beaten, let's say nine times out of ten, he'll stop asking the bigger rat to play. So, bearing that in mind, the rat, the bigger rat appreciates this and doesn't continually pin the little rat. Which makes you kind of... It kind of poses the question of, of ethics and, and morality... Maybe they're not the, the the best words, but you, you might get the sentiment. There's a, there's an element of fairness amongst rats when you think about that, and then you think about how religions have told us that you know God came down and and told us how to act in the world, and we we need religion in order to treat ourselves fairly. Rats in a fucking cage know how to play fair, basically. So that there's food for thought in that, if nothing else. But anyway, I, I I'm getting away from the point slightly. What has this got to do with motivation? Well, what Yap Pansep realised was that there's essentially two ways to be motivated. So the idea is, you have a rat in a cage, and let's say it's a starving rat. And you waft in the smell of rat food, whatever that is. And you have a spring attached to its tail, so you can measure how hard the rat pulls on this string to get to the food. Now the rat is starving, say. The rat is, is going to die if it doesn't get food. So you could say that it's maximally motivated to get food. So it could pull and pull and pull on this little spring that's attached to its tail to get to the food. 
and it's pulling with all its might. It's maximally motivated. It's fucking starving, and there's a smell of food around the corner. So it's pulling and pulling and pulling with all its might. You might say that it's fully act, it's fully motivated. But you waft in the smell of cat odor, and bearing in mind that cat that rats are instinctively terrified of the smell of cats. You waft in a cat odor from the opposite direction of where the food odor is coming from, and the rat will pull all the more. And what that proves... Now, look, he explained this in a lot more detail than I'm explaining it now, okay? This is the fucking... This is the dumbed-down version that you, that I can understand and can try and relate to. But again, as always, get the sentiment. Now, don't be worrying about the details of any of the things that I say. Once you get the point, once you get the sentiment, that's all that really matters. That's the important stuff. So what that essentially explains is that there are two motivational systems. One of them being your approach systems, which is your the food, the food, the food around the corner. Where's the food? And you're it's it's exploratory. So you're 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 looking for something. You're 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 actively going after something. And then the other one is, I suppose, if one is a an approach system. The other is, I suppose, maybe a, a defense system. It's like, fuck, what's behind me? Got to get away from it. So it's not flight or f- not flight or fight, but it's it's flight and find in a sense. In a sense. So again, what what the fuck has a rat being terrified of a cat and starving to death got to do with you motivating yourself in your daily life? Well, the take home point is there's two modes of motivation. So. You want to say, we'll stick with losing weight, because that's a, a kind of a, an easy one for people, to, I suppose, to, to understand, even if you don't have any weight to lose. But think about it this way. You say to yourself, right, what's the motivation to lose weight? Like what, or what are the motivations? Well, you need an approach. So you need something. You need a goal. You need something to strive for. So you say, if I lose a load of weight, I look a lot better. And I'll feel better about myself. And I'll be able to buy clothes that are a bit more fashionable, say, or, or whatever your motivation is. And that's something to kind of, that's a goal that you want to achieve. And let's say even add in seeing the needle not go as far up the fucking scales as before. That's a motivator. That you might be maybe more sexually attractive to people. Maybe that's another motivator. So these are all things that, they're goals to strive and achieve. They're, they're things that they're wants. They're, they're things that you are going to go out there and go after it and, and get after it but there's another motivation and that's the downside if you don't so if you don't address your overweightness odds are you're getting heavier so this time next year like I, I would imagine that a lot of overweight people would love to only be where they were last year say because if you're an overweight person it means that you've been putting on weight for years probably and why would you think that that process would stop? If anything, it's accelerating and getting worse. So you, you're, if you're overweight and you're not addressing it, odds are that you're getting heavier all the fucking time that you don't do anything about. So even doing something about it, addressing your diet or maybe incorporating a bit of exercise, don't get disheartened if you don't lose the weight because at least you're not getting fucking heavier. But anyway, I digress, as always. You need, a, you need something to be worried about, basically. So... The food in the rat analogy, the food is the goal. It's the six pack that you want, or it's the you know the the hole in your belt that you're you're you you want to fucking the next hole in the belt that you want to get. 
the, the new clothes that you're going to have to buy. That maybe you're going to sweat less when you're fucking walking to the bus or whatever the fuck it is. They're the food. But what's the, what's the cat odor? What's the fear? The fear is you're going to die of a heart attack. The fear is you're going to get diabetes. The fear is, you know, if you're a man, women won't want to have sex with you at least as much. And, you know, and vice versa, if, if you're a woman, the man would, or whatever. You'd be less sexually attractive. The fear is you're getting bigger progressively. The fear is, you know, you're going to sweat more when you have to run for a fucking bus or you're running for a taxi or, or whatever. Maybe you won't be able to play with your kids as long as you would like to. Or maybe you're not going to be able to play with your kids at all. But they're two separate motivating systems. The fear of something and the goal of something. And I may be reaching with this, but again, the sentiment kind of hopefully rings true. It's a heaven to strive for and a hell to avoid. And there's wisdom in that. What that wisdom is, I'm not that sure. It's something that I, I'm going to devote a bit more thought to. And again, like all the different topics that I mentioned to you guys, I'd love to hear your feedback on them. On, you know, on them generally or on them specifically. You know, you mentioned this one tiny little thing. Can you explain it a little bit to me? Because I need that. I, I, I don't have the, the guest here. So if you're listening to this, you're the guest essentially. So it's incumbent on you, the listener, to hit the ball back to me. Because otherwise it's just some guy fucking chatting away to himself. And it's not as if I don't worry about making these recordings. Like it's it's a bit weird to say the fucking least, okay? And it's by no means normal. And and that's okay. But put it this way, like I got a, a, a mate of mine text me only yesterday, uh Kevin Booth, past guest and friend of the show. Cheers, Kev. He had some words of encouragement for me yesterday and some suggestions and a question for Anthony who's going to be back on this evening from Mythical Ireland. But getting his text message and reading it, it kind of made me go, okay, right, okay, okay, right. You know, people are, you know, they're getting it, they're enjoying it. You're not gone completely insane because I can assure you the thoughts that I have do genuinely cross my mind. I also heard from two separate mates, one this morning and one... Uh, yesterday and both these lads are doing fucking push-ups and thanked me for basically just I don't know fucking giving them the bit of a boot up the hole to go and fucking do it now they're not going to end up entering a fucking push-up competition and winning it you know they're not you know en route to break the world push-up record they're doing it and hopefully they're enjoying doing it and hopefully at the end of the 40 days they might even have noticed the difference in themselves or maybe they're enjoying it or maybe they'll incorporate fucking sit-ups maybe they'll do 20 20 or 30 or 100 sit-ups a day for the next 40 fucking days because as i keep relentlessly getting back to this idea of of incremental improvements you know bite-sized chunks take take fucking one day after the next because you're going to be 50 at some stage, or maybe you're going to be 60, or maybe you're going to be 70, depending on what age you are now. You're going to be that age. And again, uh, a guy called Aiden that I've trained with a, a small bit in the jiu-jitsu, he got into jiu-jitsu at a, at a much older age, say, and the advice that he gave my mate Patter, who has since started at Patter Riley, uh, previous guest and friend of the show, uh, the advice that he gave him, or what he said to him was, you know, Patter, you're going to be 50 someday. 
why not be 50 with a black belt? And the wisdom in that isn't the, you know, why not be 50 with the, with the black belt? The wisdom in that is that you're going to be 50 at some day. So you're going to make 50 at some stage. Now, that might mean a whole pile to you if you're 65 and you're listening to this. But if you're 65 and listening to this, guess what? You're going to be 75. You know, what do you want to be when you're 75? Like, do you want to be a 10-year-old, a 10-year-older version of you now? Or do you want to be a completely different fucking person? Because, look, it's your life. Live it however you want it. Like, you're, you're, you're in control of your own destiny. Like, you're, you're captain in the ship. You know, no one else will be to blame and no one else will take credit. Or no one else should be to blame or no one else should take credit for who you are now and, you know, who you want to be and who you will be. Like, that shit's on you. It, it really is. Look inward. Look, look at yourself. Look at yourself in the fucking mirror and try and assess the situation. And look, maybe the situation isn't great. Maybe you, you look at the mirror and you kind of... Maybe the sight of yourself depresses you because I've been there. I've I've been so fucking low that you, you wouldn't even look at yourself in the mirror. Least alone take a long look because the sight of yourself just fucking disgusts you. And that might be for for a very good reason or it might be for no reason at all. Because again, you create your own reality. If you think you're a shithead loser, you're a shithead loser. You think you're a fucking legend, fair fucking play to you, you're a legend. Like there's, there's this... And again, I, I haven't travelled enough to know or to say whether or not that this is an Irish thing, but there's this saying that I've I've heard so often. You know, that guy is a, and this is meant in a very derogatory sense. You know, that guy, uh, he's a very high opinion of himself. Like Jesus Christ, if you can't have a high opinion of yourself, how are you supposed to expect anybody else to have a high opinion of you? Maybe you don't want somebody to have a high opinion of you. Maybe you don't want to have a high opinion of yourself. Maybe you're you know weak and mild and timid, and nothing essentially and maybe you're happy out pottering through life and you know not challenging yourself and not challenging others and look if you're if you're thriving if you're you know sleeping well and living well and all is good in your world you know fucking fair play but one thing to watch out for is tragedy and disaster because that's common if and if you haven't experienced it watch the fuck out People who have experienced it know exactly what I'm talking about. And people who've come through that are the stronger for it. And I know people who are, I suppose, essentially soft in a sense. Because they just haven't had that tragedy or, or that that dark night of the soul that strengthens you if you can come through it. Now, it's not pleasant, but guess what? It's coming. If you and if you haven't if you haven't experienced it and you think you're kind of soft and weak, watch the fuck out because shit like that will take you down. And that's where friends come in again. When you are down, when you have been knocked on your ass, and you're struggling to get up and you're 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 struggling with you know, you're you're rowing with your missus or you're rowing with your kids or you haven't spoken to your parents or your boss is a wanker and you've got all this negative shit in your life. That can be too much for even a strong person, let alone a, a weak person. And that's where your friends come in. And that's when that's when you'll spot the difference between acquaintances and friends. Because I've loads of acquaintances, don't get me wrong. And I don't care for their shit. Because I've got enough of my own stuff. 
And you can't take on the problems of the world. You can and should take on the problems of your friends. But you can only have a handful of friends. And if you think you've got 20 friends, you don't know what friends are. And if you think I'm wrong, watch the fuck out. Especially if you're 30 plus. Like if you're in your 20s and you still think you've got 20 friends, you know, okay. And definitely if you're in your teens, you probably should have 20 friends because, you know, life is fucking rosy when you're a teenager. At least it should be for the most part. And if it's not, the only thing that's going to pull that out of you is, you know, friends and family. Because friends and family, as you, as you kind of go through life, that's all that matters. That's all there is. Everything else is just window dressing. Everything else is just, you know, crack down the pub or crack after the game or funny text messages on WhatsApp or whatever it is. But your friends and family, that's that's where that's where real friendship and real bonds and real progression and real real progress is made for you as an individual and for them as an, as an individual and for you and your unit collectively as a group. So maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Jesus, I don't have any friends. Or maybe you're listening to this and saying, God, I haven't spoken to my only friend in years. So maybe take this opportunity to fucking reach out to someone. Maybe send someone that you haven't spoken to in ages a text and say, listen, you're on for meeting up. Or And this is this is the hard thing because like, the podcast has been a great excuse for me. I've been sitting down and having you know three and four hour long conversations with people, and it's been it's been fascinating with, with blind strangers and with friends for life. But even even Padder, I mentioned him in the last podcast. You know, there's photos of myself and himself having having a bath together in the kitchen sink. Back in the day. But up until we sat down and recorded our first four hour podcast, like we we hadn't sat down and, and spoken like that, like ever really, and we're the closer for it now because of it. So the podcast has been a great a great excuse and I don't know offhand what the equivalent of that is for most people. Because realistically most people aren't gonna, you know, set up their own podcast. And look, if you're thinking of setting up a podcast and you wanna know how to do it, contact me. I'll fucking tell you, it could not be fucking easier. If you can set up a username if you can set up an account online. So if you know how to like generate a, an account on a website using a username and a password that's about as difficult as podcasting gets and i think i mentioned that either in the last one or the one before that what you're listening to on this has been recorded i was about to say edited but it isn't edited it's been recorded and uploaded and the image attached and all the text and all the rest of it that's been done from my mobile phone and i've said it again it's it's a samsung galaxy s7 or something like that but Look, if it's got a, a voice recorder app and access to the internet, that's essentially all that you need. So, look, maybe maybe you can reach out to a friend of yours and say, listen, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Would you, would you be willing to sit down and hit the ball back? Maybe you've no intentions of setting up a podcast. Maybe it's just a ploy to have a fucking couple of hour conversation with someone. Because it's just, it's a great excuse to get somebody to set aside a couple of hours and to turn the phones off and to not be interrupted, to say to herself or himself or whatever your situation is, listen, I'm going into this room and, you know, if do me the fucking favour of, you know, not interrupting me for a couple of hours or, or whatever, you know, set, set it up so that you've got a couple of hours fucking peace that you can talk to someone. Because if nothing else, 
you'll find out what you end up talking about. Like, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to? What would you end up talking to your best friend to about if you sat down to talk to them for three or four hours? Like, what kind of ground would you cover? Would you talk about I don't know termites or soccer or computer screens or tech or religion or sex or porn or fucking what like and the exercise of sitting down and chatting to someone and seeing what comes up like that's that's indicative of I suppose what's what's going on in your in your head and when you think when I think back of all the different topics that I've covered if that tells me anything it tells me that my interests are wide and varied and that tells me a little bit about myself I suppose so there's learning in that there's there's been aware of of who you are because I think a lot of us myself included up until relatively recently and it's something that I'm continuously going to work on not only do we not know our mates our friends say we don't know ourselves and that's that's something maybe to think about maybe maybe I don't know jot down a quick paragraph of of who you are a, a friend of mine was I was chatting to him recently about Tinder uh, Tinder being this mobile hookup app thing now that'll tell you exactly how much I know about Tinder but it's it's basically a a, a Facebook profile account that you put up there as a single person and everyone else that's on it is single and you basically try and match up with people you know for for friendship or or maybe a little bit more or whatever and what's really interesting is my mate was telling me about the the different kind of bios that you see so you've got you know a space for i don't know maybe 200 characters or whatever it is so you have to write a little bit about yourself and he was saying that it sickens him to see the amount of people that say you know live in dublin have brown hair and i'm five foot eleven and you're like jesus that's that's you know that's your opinion of yourself you know tell tell the world you know what you're all about i live in dublin my height and my hair color and like they're obviously not all that bad but some of them are a lot better but effectively just as bad big united fan love going out jesus so bearing that in mind maybe maybe pull out your phone and write a message to yourself just just jot something down use your you know your your keep app or whatever note-taking app you have and if you don't you should have one or maybe a voice recorder but basically write down your your tinder bio write down two or three sentences that essentially summarizes you i'm going to do it actually and i'll probably post it i will post it fuck it i'll post it um I'm, I'm going to put a timeline on it because if I don't put a timeline on it, I'm going to say that I'm still working on it and I want to perfect it. So fuck it, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to write, not my Tinder profile, but I'm going to write and post on Facebook. Bite the bullet to fuck. I'm going to write and post on Facebook. I don't know, a two or three sentence synopsis of you know who I am or what I identify as. And I'm going to sign it off as being a work in progress. So, I'm doing my homework all of a sudden. <laughs> Look, give it a lash. I'm fucking sending it on to me. Either via email or in a comment. I'm going to post it on, on Facebook and on Instagram. And maybe write yours in the comment if you're brave enough. Maybe write yours as a comment. 
if you're brave enough. If not, just do it yourself. Or maybe message me what yours is. Or maybe message me what thoughts came to mind. What you learned about yourself when you put pen to paper. And I'll chat to you tomorrow.